I have like so many more notes for this episode than I do <laughs> the other ones. <laughs> the incorporation of Bittersweet Symphony into this episode just <laughs> continues to underscore the confusing <laughs> musical choices. It does not top Mad World because no, almost could nothing could top Mad World, <laughs> like... but it was still incomprehensible to me. <laughs> One day this show will top Mad World, and I, we're not ready. I'm not ready for that at all. <laughs> I don't want it to, but it will. No. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Oh, God. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of River Do's and River Don'ts. Tonight? Tonight. Uh, <laughs> today? How do we do this? Whenever you should be listening to this, I suppose. <laughs> today we're going to be going through Chapter 25, The Wicked and the Divine, which was directed by Rachel Talale and written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. As always, our format is going to take us through a summary of the episode, and then we're going to take you through our River Do, the thing that we liked most about the episode, and then our River Don't, the thing that we did not like, and then our Weekly Weird, the the thing that gave the episode its most Riverdalian zhuzh, uh, the thing that keeps you coming back to the show, as always. I'm Cat Cool. I am also always Rob. We're very consistent. I continue to be Quinn Wilson. I also need to point out that the penultimate episode of this season is called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh. Wow. We begin with a montage of Archie doing gopher business for Hiram Lodge. With the most good fella's ass. Yes. Oh yeah. Like no, it's super Yeah. Like we knew that he did real estate weirdness and stuff, but like it's clear that in this episode we have decided that there is deep mob shit going on. But the VO from Jughead is just like so good fellas that it's not even funny. No, they just didn't even try to not be <laughs> doing good fellas stuff. They're just yeah. like no, let's it's... just We've seen two mob movies. Let's do them both. Yeah, again, like I said in the previous thing, this is Scorsese fan fiction in Riverdale. Veronica is apparently going to be doing a confirmation, like super, super late for a confirmation because we want something for the plot. Yeah, that was my note too. A bit old. And the Monsignor <laughs> was out and they wanted to do the same one, so... We wanted just only the most mobbed up Monsignor for this, so we waited for him to get out of jail. And, like, I think it's actually nice that they're on some level involving the spiritual life of the characters. That's nice, uh, yes. but I feel like they immediately stumble because it's being used as a plot device for the mafia, <laughs> and she's very old for a confirmation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. So... You you motioned in the right direction. Uh, I love the scene that we're getting about all of this, where um, this wedding dress scene. Yeah. Where she's chastising them for taking the skirt too high, and she says that it's not a sock hop. And, like, like, what is the tone that we're, <laughs> that we're going for here? That is, that is a timeless question to ask this show. <laughs> So we get Sheriff Keller visiting FP and Jughead, and they are super tired about being asked about the whereabouts of the Pickens statue head. Keller cites the incendiary article that Jughead published as a reason for the suspicion. Jughead says that he's going to do a new article about how Keller cares more about catching a vandal than the Black Hood. And even FP recognizes that that was actual fire. Like... He's like, oh, he got you. <laughs> no kidding. The just shooting a glance version of that sound <laughs> is what FP does 
and I laughed so hard. And it was nice seeing a whole scene where Jughead wasn't a garbage boy. Yeah, no, he's dunking on the fucking police. Good job. I need a drink. <laughs> Betty's back with her black wig, and she's she's camming. She's 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 camming. She's not eighteen. She's camming, and she's not eighteen. And Riverdale is doing this again. And like, I don't care, right? That like there are characters who are underage who are like having sex with each other in this story but like this is the second time that we're explicitly sexualizing betty in the context of like groups of yeah. adults it's gross and it's weird. terrible it's so terrible so yeah that happened and maybe the less said about it the better because i have a feeling we'll be coming back around to it um veronica has pulled some strings to allow her friends to come to the confirmation Jughead and Betty get called into Weatherby's office. And we discover the very important detail that Hiram's lawyer is named Mr. Sourberry. Cat, <laughs> is that a comics thing? I didn't look thing? it up. I, I, met, I wrote it down. It sounds it like does. one, doesn't okay, it? So let me look it up. Mr. Sourberry. Uh, Mr. Will Sourberry. Shut you the hell down. Paul Sourberry. No, that's Charles Dickens thing. Well, if he's not from the comics, they swerved me good with uh, that name. I don't think he is. Jesus Christ. So the second thing about this Mr. Sourberry, Esquire, aside from his amazing name, is the fact that he's threatening a defamation of character lawsuit for literally goddamn no reason at all. Yep. On absolutely no grounds whatsoever. Uh, and Jughead and Betty are suspended from the school paper. Great. So they got suspended from the school paper because a lawyer is fraudulently filing charges I'm sorry, for no reason. But do you think Principal Weatherby has the legal acumen to determine what is and is not a legitimate legal threat? Absolutely not. No, it's fine. It's, it's, it's Riverdale. Don't worry about it. Don't do anything. If it's we're Riverdale. operating under the whole like Riverdale High is actually the a private school thing, <laughs> it's a secret private school. They it would have its shit more together than this. I guess that's also true. Mm -hmm. And as we've established, there are tons of things that have happened previously that only make sense if it is a private school. So again, yeah, it it's doesn't just make fucked. any fucking sense that this would happen. Nope. 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 Anyway. Betty asks Jughead if he actually did the vandalism and is jealous of Tony and Jughead's situation all of a sudden. Uh, Jughead is honest about having done some stuff with Tony, and Betty lies about having kissed Archie, and also about yeah. Cameron. She's being a lying person here, which is not very good. Yes. She did not come out on the winning column of this particular yeah, exchange no, between two people. Veronica gets a confirmation present from the St. Clairs, which she is not a fan of, suggests regifting or perhaps burning, and Hermione apparently has heard about Archie's little visit to Nick St. Clair. Uh, at Pops, Pop lets slip to Archie that Hiram's the boss, but he gets called away by Agent Adams, does Archie, before he can follow up on that, who wants him to spy on all the gangsters, presumably coming to Veronica's confirmation. <laughs> My God, we're still doing it. This what? I hate. Like, first of all, Archie seems to be getting really in to this whole, oh, I'm doing crimes with Hiram thing now, when I thought he was doing that for the FBI. It did seem like that at first, didn't it? Like, last episode, when he made that, like, overture to Hiram, I assumed that was the motivation. Yeah, but guys, come on. If he can get Hiram's approval, he has to. Is anyone actually confused about this? Archie yeah. thinks with his it's... wiener. You mean his moral compass. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Uh, yeah. It's horrible and stupid, but it's not well, <laughs> inconsistent. But sometimes that moral compass says you you don't got to do the thing that the girl wants you to do. You got to wrestle her dad. Right. <laughs> if you put her dad back behind bars, he's out of the picture. <sighs> complicated life yeah fair enough being rg andrews all right kid this confirmation is going to be a complete nest of vipers we've got crime families from every corner of this country <gasps> yeah we a boo showing up at this thing our most seasoned agent would be lucky to get out of this alive <laughs> good luck <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you think you could give me any training? Your mission. Maybe. Should you choose to accept it? Maybe maybe you could talk me through how to handle the situation. Maybe. Oh, jeez, mister. Like, nothing about it makes sense. <laughs> no, he's just, well, I'm going to feed you to the sharks now. Later. Yep, that's what happened. So he's going to go spy on gangsters at the confirmation because that's fine and safe and according to procedure. Uh, Sheriff Keller serves Jughead and FP an eviction notice. Apparently they can evict people because of a vandalism. Or back rent? What? Both of those. What is Riverdale? Like, are you running from the city somehow? Like, I just, my mind broke in this scene. I just, I had to walk away for a few minutes. Like... There was an act of vandalism, and and now, like, they're evicting a whole trailer park full of people from their homes. I I got nothing. I got nothing. Jesus Christ. Well, the thing is that they don't like them, so. (laughs) Yes. And so the law is whatever it needs to be to add some conflict to this scene. Whatever. Shut up. That's kind of the vibe that I got from that. Mayor McCoy and Josie are at the Pembroke to apologize to Veronica who invites them to her confirmation. And it is obvious that Josie's been put up to this. And apparently now Josie and Veronica are doing a duet. Cool. <laughs> oh, what? of Bittersweet Symphony. Uh, uh, from, uh, okay. oh, you know, well, I was going to get to that when on. it happens. They bring it up explicitly in this Bittersweet scene. Bittersweet Symphony from the Cruel oh, Intentions soundtrack. <laughs> because we need to reference fucking Cruel Intentions in this scene. Go to hell. Oh, it's two references for the price of one. I am so very (laughs) clever. Because the thing it comes from is also an outdated pop culture reference. And boy, is my dick hard. I mean, tell me that's not what it is. I would like to live in a world where I believe that that's not what it is. It's just like... It's fascinating. But that's what it is. It's such a bizarre choice of song. (laughs) Yes. And you didn't need to specifically reference the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. All it does for me is make me go, gosh, Veronica really isn't able to process anything outside of movies, huh? No, it's, <laughs> hey, no. occasionally, but Rob, I'd like for you to perform a duet with me. I was considering, are you familiar with Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley from the Shrek soundtrack? <laughs> FP speechifies about how this eviction thing is a not a happening, and Tallboy somewhat predictably blames Jughead and Tony, and honestly, FP is like, do I need to stop and turn this gang around? Yes. <laughs> because he's he's not pleased with any Jughead of these idiots. What's your problem with me, Tallboy? <laughs> Almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, and yeah, I, I, it's got to be amazing to be FP in these circumstances because Tallboy's acting like a child, and then this little baby is just like, yeah, screaming at this very scary man. Yeah, I'm not a shrimp, you jerk. <laughs> with like zero fear. Oh my god! Just instantly, what's your problem with me, Tallboy? And my like, gosh, what a kingdom to. To preside over. Oh my god, how does he do it? When he was in jail, we saw everything flying apart almost immediately, and like, <laughs> I buy it. He is the one competent yeah. man. Like, Fred's the one good guy, and FP's the one competent guy, and if they do the fusion dance, we get <laughs> an adult. Yes. <laughs> who would clearly rule Riverdale within a week. <laughs> but I love the next scene, you guys. Hiram knows that Archie visited Nick St. Clair. And this scene is framed with such glorious irony. Like, everything in the soundtrack and the shots and the acting and the framing and everything is ready to say that he's super disappointed in Archie. And he literally just substitutes the word impressed (laughs) instead. And it fucking rules. Like, he's just like, you have taken your first step to being a villain and this pleases me. And he invites him to work a private poker game as some sort of <laughs> high school child security. Good job. 
good job smacking that St. Clair boy. How would you like to serve drinks at a poker game? In the second really gross bad move from Chick, who I really liked when we first introduced him, we have the fact that he has turned the Cooper household into a workspace for himself, which is horrendously unsafe for his sister and his parents. I don't like his parents, but it's still not safe for them, and that's not something that they agreed to. So I don't like that much. But apparently he has also secured a job at, like, a concession stand. Yes, at the Bijou. And he warns Betty that boundaries are key when doing this kind of work, and it's like, dude, you brought them into the house that you live in now. Yeah. Like... Take some of your own advice. This guy is someone he slept with to get a job at the Bijou. And the yeah. thing is, Betty comes home, opens the door as this guy leaves, and Chick saunters down the stairs in a plaid bathrobe <laughs> holding a jug of uh... post-coital milk. <laughs> that, like, that's true. That's what, what it is. <laughs> Did you have the milk delivered that morning and then bring it up to your room? Yeah. Like, because you knew you were going to be boning down later? Rob, you're right. There's a lot to object <sighs> with in this scene. But that did happen. So. Yes, it did. No, I mean, like, it's it's hilarious and delightful, but, like, I you know, yeah, like, Chick definitely has yes, made some very bad choices. Don't be dazzled by the post-coital milk. <laughs> this was a bad move. <laughs> And that, in, in microcosm, just is Riverdale. <laughs> post-coital milk is Riverdale? Amidst, uh, post-coital milk, amidst yeah. bad decisions. Like, I don't know how to feel about this scene. And it's like that. The whole show's like that. Jughead is pissed off at Mayor McCoy about caring about this statue so goddamn much. And intuits that this is... The oh, hand it's of so Hiram much better than at that work. because he didn't do it via a series of music stings and quick camera cuts. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's like a oh, video game. Right. It's so it's it's he so bad. He made all bad. of his quick time events. And he figured it out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Press press X to Intuit. He only had a very short time to press that button, and boy, he did it. Fuck. Uh. Veronica and Archie are putting in some volunteer time at the soup kitchen, and Veronica warns Archie to be careful at the definitely, definitely a mob thing poker game. Betty meets Jughead at Pops, and he asks for her help with finding the missing statue head because... Technically, the trailer park is it's on town property, and so it's okay that they just are evicting everybody. And, like, not only is this not a good enough explanation of the bizarre weirdness that happened with that whole eviction thing, like, why on earth did they wait to try to explain it? Like, they let the absurdity stand on its own for a long time, and then finally, like, put a little band-aid on it later that still isn't mm-hmm. enough? It's really weird. This whole thing with the trailer park doesn't make any sense. It's completely bamboozling. Yeah. Veronica's mad at Hiram for exposing Archie to mob shit, and apparently something about protecting Lodge secrets. Um, Veronica also sort of wants to keep Archie pure from all this, and Hiram's like, okay, I mean, like, it's a choice, but if you want to keep him out, that's forever. Like, either he's in or he's out. We're not going to mess around with this. You have to choose. Which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Jughead finds that Penny has been invited back in to the Serpents by Tallboy to help with this situation. And we find out that, yeah, that, 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 that discretion camera work in that episode really was cutting away from Jughead slicing the flesh off of her arm to remove her tattoo. So we'll take a second to deal with that revelation. And Penny wants Jughead kicked out of the gang, her back in, and the tattoo off his arm. And she wants to do it herself with a dirty knife. And this is the most. This is the most. It's so much. It's a lot. Like, yeah. Jesus. At least, I guess, they're behaving more like a gang. Yeah. Ostensibly. I guess. To, uh, but, but is that, but that I guess, like, at least, is that an I guess at least? 
because they have consistently not acted at all like a gang yeah. for the entire show. So this feels really weird. It, it does. It's just that, like, guys, they're 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 supposed to be a gang. Well, but again, they've they they spent so much time not doing that that it feels so weird when something awful it happens. Does. It feels so weird when something awful happens, but like they are a gang. <laughs> well, they are but, a but gang. The the show frames this as decidedly unserpent like yes. behavior. I also so like when they start this scene. Penny is saying, "Yep, that's a real law that we have to deal with. It's legally airtight." However, <laughs> I know of a loophole or two that could buy us infinite years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just let the writers of some other episode deal with this yeah, shit. That's a season six problem. Thanks, Roberto. Oh god. Uh. FP calls Jughead out on fucking actually mutilating a person and saying that that's the kind of thing that you do not come back from. And Jughead attempts to throw the helping hide Jason Blossom's body in his face, which isn't fair because you know, that was a, oh, this happened, and now if you don't help, you and everyone that you care about are completely fucked kind of a situation, whereas, like, Jughead was just being the worst. And yeah. FP drops an incredible line here trying to reach out to his boy. Serpents are losing their dens because of what you wrote. Again, he's doing his best to relate to his stupid <laughs> idiot son. He then follows it up with a a, ver a very good stinger to resonate with the audience. <laughs> now that he's connected with his son, he tries to get through and pulls him out of <laughs> out of that hellscape and delivers the lesson: "You will be the death of us, not the North Side, not Penny, you." Talk about a fucking burn. That was actually very good. It was good. Because, like, that. this is his whole try-hard obsessive identity thing that he's co-opting. And FP's like, no, not only are you not doing it right, you are the worst that there has ever been at this, and you're going to fuck this all up. Yeah. So, now... Weeaboo, stop. What the fuck is your problem? Come here. Oh, buddy. Puppy. It's so late. He's so sleepy. Stop. Talking. <laughs> <That is> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> you guys are being all loud. Mm -hmm. oh, I know, buddy. I know. I know. So now Agent Adams wants to put a wire on Archie, which is the most unethical thing in the universe. <laughs> he's going into a thing full of mobsters and he's like, hey, kid, let's have you wear a wire. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Is oh airtight. my god! And it's Archie's so bad. like, no, no. <laughs> Do you want me to get dead? No. This doesn't feel like a safe thing. <laughs> what if that's Adam's long game? He's a grifter who's trying to trick Archie into getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of like demonic presence who simply travels around <laughs> finding young boys and tricking them into their own murders. <laughs> Sorry, I was late for the Halloween episode. I'm Special Agent Mephistopheles. It's such a weird attempted depiction of the FBI. It's, it's so wild. dumb and awful. <laughs> it's yeah. like, whether it is the show's depiction of the FBI or some internal agent within the show's depiction of the FBI, someone pretending to be the FBI. Guys, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Hal drops an ultimatum that it's Chick or him, and both Alice and Betty are like, how about not with the stupid ultimatums, Hal? <laughs> yep. So and he ends up getting a share mm -hmm. B&B, and Alice just super is not upset about him leaving. Yep. She's like, cool, FP will be here in 15. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. Veronica's confession is all veiled references to being worried about corrupting Archie. And I love that the priest is like, ah, here's a couple of prayers, you'll Why be fine. Why is he right? Irish? 
everything about this scene the slow motion walking in with them like trying to make the entering the church sexy i guess they were giving it a mood that didn't suit the rest of it no they only tried for about like Maybe five solid seconds, like, and then they were like, "Okay, let's I've do never the seen scene. anyone get bored with their own." We're attempt. losing daylight on this shoot. All right, go, go, go! Next shot. <laughs> See, I've never seen like in real time, like a production get bored of its own attempt at an aesthetic and just be like, "Never mind." <laughs> yes, that's really what it probably happened. Oh uh, my god, this was a mistake. <laughs> yes, but the work's already yeah. done. We can't take it back. They, but like. They know that uh, her relationship with Catholicism is like definitely a thing that's that's a part of the Lodge family's whole endealment. So they're like, yeah, we're going to do something. We don't really know what. Is it sexy? No, I don't think so. Move along. Yeah. Move along. Move <laughs> along. Not everything with the Lodges needs to be sexy. Oh, my, my goodness. They'll figure it out. It's They'll true. figure it out at some point. What? I liked it when it was... Um, Mary being like a creepy watcher and a little ominous. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they'll get back to that. But uh, God, what a weird scene! It's I was so seriously though very and... confused by the fact that the Monsignor was Irish. Like, <laughs> I know that Irish Catholics are a thing, mm-hmm. but so are Latino Catholics. Like, yes. I assumed <laughs> that this was like a huh? cultural element. Wow. But so that... wow. It's so funny that it didn't, that didn't strike me as odd, but that's because I'm both a Latina Catholic and an Irish Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) It was perfectly in your blind spot, like Vin Diesel in Pitch Black. Because I'm perfectly positioned to not see it. <laughs> because, right, I I have like Irish blood, but my family's a bunch of Protestants. Um, sure. It was like a scandal when a couple of my family members converted to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. But I live in San Diego where there's almost a majority of the population is Latino. And so Catholicism's like a big deal down here. So I'm like, why is he Irish? <laughs> this is so confusing. <laughs> he threw me such a goddamn loop. So I think it's probably because they're like in what I think is Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and everyone up there is friggin' Irish. I guess that's true. Yeah. All of the that's Catholics true. are. That man, they might have accidentally been consistent yeah. with something. That's my guess. At least like I have a lot of family up there and they're all excessively Irish and excessively Catholic, and that's that's that belt. Right. <laughs> that tracks. But yeah. for me that like I was like <laughs> I, I just it. thought that they they set something up and were like Let's kind of explore this. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. It's also very funny yeah. to me that I did not notice. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. This this was your being put yeah. on notice yeah. moment from Riverdale. Riverdale had your they number got, here. They got me. The real mob wives of Riverdale <laughs> suggest that Veronica find some way to just be all right with all the crime. Maybe do some charity. Whatever. You gotta get um, used to which it. Which was great. We then go to the poker game, and I will say that there was a moment of good, cool characterization and, like, taking it kind of seriously for a second, where Archie looks to Hiram for confirmation before telling his name to one of the guests. Like, that was like, oh, this feels like an actual mob movie thing a little bit for a second. (laughs) That was nice. And then we meet the amazingly named Papa Poutine. Yeah, really, that's what they call him. That is what he is called. Who was, I will say, foreshadowed in an earlier moment of this episode where Hiram's on the phone and he says, no, Papa, you won't need to bring your own. We've got our own poutine here in Riverdale. It's excellent. Yep. I know because I've tried it. (laughs) And this Thunderbolt Ross looking motherfucker needles Hiram about Fred Andrews and Hermione. And he disses Pop Tate's poutine, which is a goddamn sin that you can't just pray it your was way really out funny. of. <laughs> because Pop Poutine's like, oh, this Andrews kid, huh? Didn't his dad fuck your wife? Is he gonna fuck your wife? He doesn't look like a coward to me. <laughs> oh my god. That's what happened, yeah. Also, this poutine like... is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like, this poutine is garbage. The man who made it is garbage. This establishment is garbage. 
And it was just really weird having a scene where Papa <laughs> yells at Pops. <laughs> yep. This show is a lot. It is. And Hiram demands um, an apology. Archie gets sent to unclog a toilet because the plot really needs him to. <laughs> I know. This mobster just pops That's not out his of the job. Bathroom. That's not his job at this thing. And he's just like, <laughs> and I he's just like, some mobsters like, destroyed. well, I sure just hatched a monster yeah, loaf in there. I just destroyed your toilet, kid. <laughs> and, and so. Thank goodness for this guy's bowel problems because the rest of the plot of Riverdale would not have worked if he had, like, enough fiber in his diet. <laughs> like, but let's just move on. He overhears Poutine and some other jagoff plotting against Hiram. Like, maybe they're gonna fucking kill him. So again, thank goodness for that improbably sized he, bowel movement. I believe that Papa Poutine says that Hiram, quote, went soft in the head and in the belly while he was in the joint. They also said, and I liked the I liked how they did this. They said he went after someone's kid. Who does that? Um, who does that? <laughs> who does that? Real mobsters? Not on Riverdale. Not that they no. would know. Yeah, not that they would know about Papa that. Papa Poutine's got a code of ethics. Um, <laughs> apparently, whatever. <laughs> and then we get Bittersweet Symphony. <laughs> oh, boy. And they just drop the auto-tune on there at a certain point. Oh, it it is awash in reverb, phaser, and weird amplification. And this scene does not know if this is diegetic music or not. God, I hate when that happens It's so, so much. They, when it's just like, but they're not mic'd, what's going on? They did such a good job with the song leading into the original reveal of Agent Adams because it turned out to be in Archie's headphones and they did a great thing where he pulls the headphones out and the like timbre of the music changes and the volume changes and it's like okay no I get it that's good but then this is like the second coming of Mad World although not as horrible and inexplicable a scene because it's like here is just like this over overproduced cover of a song that I guess people are singing but maybe not and it wouldn't sound like that and like god damn it it just, it really bothers me. It wanted me. to be Mad World, but hey, we haven't gotten there yet. We thankfully have not gotten back to Mad World. Veronica has a crisis of conscience, and this crisis of conscience has a lighting yes, budget. Yes, it does. And the fucking light comes back for the I Do, and it's so cheesy. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> it's but I kind very of love on the nose. It. <sighs> it's kind of the lighting version of what the music did for Cheryl when she came to confront the serpents. It's not quite at that level, but yeah, this scene is like almost as extra as some of the other scenes previously in the season. It's up there. But like in a couple ways, like it's it's second place on a lot of stuff. Uh, but then we cut to the after party where Mayor McCoy delivers papers for high school land sale. Uh, and... <laughs> Veronica's Apolita is really into pinching Archie's cheek. It's just the best. <laughs> Betty catches up with Jughead, who's angsting super hard about the serpents, and he admits to her what he I did love, to Penny, which is some heavy goddamn shit. I love shit. Betty's reactions to this, where she's like, you cut her arm? <laughs> what? <laughs> and Jughead. Oh. Jughead, what? And Jughead has some pretty accurate assessments about the recent quality of his decision making. Yeah. So maybe what FP said landed for at least the rest of this episode. Let's be real. Betty gets a call, presumably about the missing statue head. So cool. We're going to move on that. Veronica tells Hiram that she wants Archie to stay out of that lodge life, which... He did not choose, but the Lodge Life chose him. But we're going to follow Betty out with Jughead to discuss with an old man who owns a bunch of garbage land uh, the fact that he has found the head. Some of the best investigation I've ever seen in oh my, my life. God. <laughs> Jughead's asking all the hard-hitting questions. Is there anybody new who's been coming around that you haven't seen before? And he's like, yeah, there's a dude who was looking for bike parts, but he didn't buy anything. And... 
Quinn, you can go ahead and, so, and have this. I, I won't Jughead take this asks, from you. Wait, was he wearing a jacket like this? Turn around, point to serpent jacket. And the guy's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess he was. And then Jughead says to a dramatic music sting, was he tall? Sure was. <laughs> because there's literally only one serpent who is tall. That's only well, one who it could be. Well, well, Quinn. Earlier in the episode, I think I think you will you will find if you recall that uh, they did do the work of of reminding us that that Jug Jughead did say to Tall Boy, "You're the tallest here. You wouldn't even need a ladder." Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah. You're the tallest oh, here. Geez. You wouldn't even <laughs> need a ladder. They did the connective work. They did it. Oh but, my god. Like, was he tall is not a damning answer to a question. Like sure was. In a, in the Ace Attorney game that this is in Jughead's head. I that was the one that solved the case. Oh my god. Like Betty being like, wait, hold on. Did he have a beard and long hair? And the guy, you know And like yeah, like these piercings and blah blah blah. No, no. no, no. no. Nope. It's fine. just all. So Archie warns Hiram about the incoming hit, and Veronica seems pretty unhappy about this development of Archie running off to do secret meetings mm-hmm. with Dad. Hiram thanks Archie and sends him back to the party. And there is an operatic aria as he picks up and dials his phone, which means someone is it's going a to die. goddamn phone, though. Like, it's not just any phone. Yeah. He's like, crack, crack, crack. <laughs> it's a thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, more or less obvious that someone's about to get iced. Jughead and Betty return the head. The vote that has been called about, like, what side the gang's gonna be on in this whole fucking, like, Penny versus Jughead, Tallboy, blah, blah, blah thing uh, is stopped. Tallboy admits that Hiram put him up to this fucking steal a statue head to cause chaos that helps him buy real estate somehow. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely helps. He agreed... He agreed because he thought that he could get rid of Jughead and and usurp FP. And clearly the serpents are not pleased with him about this. And FP, I think, is just going to drag him behind his bike (laughs) or something. I love, though, the things that FP actually says to Tallboy here. You're a Judas, Tallboy, and an idiot. (laughs) You betrayed your own kind, (laughs) Tallboy. (laughs) You're a Judas tall boy and an idiot. And an idiot. (laughs) FP is a luminous being. He's got all the good dunks. He's the only good boy. (laughs) He's so great. Veronica admits to Archie that Hiram's a bad man, but Archie cuts her off. And V wants to tell him the later stages of the Sodale plan, but he says he doesn't need to know because loving her is enough. And the writers don't yeah, well, know all the details sh- sh- yet. Sh- sh- don't tell me. Don't tell me. If you tell me, the <laughs> FBI might grill me on this, and then I'm accountable. Jughead and Betty wonder what Hiram is planning for the South Side. Jughead's expulsion has become probation due to Penny and Tallboy's betrayal. So he has some contact with the serpents. Also, they're totally going to do it. Except she's not going to tell him something. Except she's not, and they're going to do it. Gross. Buggy sex. Yeah. Like, she was about to be honest with him, but... Why be honest when you can just bone down? Yep. Oh my god. The next scene, (laughs) they open the door to a man at the Cooper household asking after Chick, who in my estimation, and correct me if I'm wrong, looks like exactly halfway between Dax Shepard and Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) 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 I'll allow it. looks creepy as fuck. He's a but scary also looking fella. Like He's Benedict the looking dude. <laughs> Benedax, which sounds like the name ben. of someone in a bad yes. sci-fi Benedax novel. Benedax opens the door. Yeah. Wowza. 
Agent Adams informs Archie that Papa Poutine got capped in his hotel, and Archie denies any indication that Hiram could be I involved. I have in parentheses at that, you absolute fool. <laughs> <laughs> now, if he doesn't want the FBI involved, why not just point out how fucked up all this stuff Adams has had him do is and say, like, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I love how in this scene, he says, do you have any information linking Hiram Lodge to this, which was clearly a gangland-style slaying? Yes! (laughs) Gangland slay! Stop! Uh, (laughs) Or don't, you know, The Lodges receive in the mail... Or perhaps just dropped off, because it's very heavy. The Pickens statue head in a box. And this is a reference to the second season of Fargo. And I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Again, we'll just do things that have been on other things. Yeah. Don't care Pickens Day. Don't care Southside. Head in a box. That's the message. (sighs) Ah, <sighs> man, I love Fargo. Anyway, Betty, God, I love this. Betty walks in on Alice just cleaning up a huge pool of blood from the recently murdered Benedex Shepherbatch. Yeah. That's the end of the no, episode. No, it's not because Betty's like, Mom, and Alice says, Elizabeth, did you lock the front door? She's done this before. <laughs> It's so good. This this episode took a hard turn into I, being like, that awesome. Happened at the end and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Holy shit. You did used to be a serpent. <laughs> oh, God, I love Alice. Oh, when she's not. Well, I mean, obviously, but I mean. Well, when she's the right kind of monster. <laughs> we have no we have no control over her. It's true. I, I like the episodes where they decide Alice is a good character, which is yeah. half. Just like Cheryl. Yeah, no kidding. But that was the episode, so let's get into this business. Weird, amazing well, episode. I do have a runner-up, yeah. Riverdew, which is just when Hiram just twirls the mustache all the way from the comics universe and is like, I'm impressed that you could be so heartless and ruthless and beat a boy who's wearing casts. That was a pretty cool move, Archie. I liked that a lot. But that can only be the runner-up because the Riverdew is something that I love so much, which is FP calling Jughead out on mutilating Penny and telling him that he is going to kill the serpents, not any of their actual enemies, not their internal schism, just how much of a piece of shit Jughead is is going to end this whole thing. Yep. I liked that a lot. That. And FP continues to just roll <laughs> as king of this goddamn show. That was also mine because it was that good. Cool. Uh, mine was either Alice or Chick killing this guy and Alice just <laughs> being <laughs> on top of this. And the, Very I'm, acceptable. I'm really excited, you guys. I can't wait to see the next I'm episode. So I'm so excited. I'm like buzzing about it. It's going to be the bomb.com. Oh, you know what I want? You know what I want so bad? Is for Kat? FP to have to get involved? Yeah. Uh, yes. I want her to yeah. need some help and the crime help she can right? get is the serpents and that I involves know, FP. Like, like exactly. please, please, Riverdale, <laughs> give, give, give us give this. Us this. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so... I'm so enthusiastic. But even if they even if they don't, this like cold, terrifying competence from Alice well, is so just, awesome. I've been guys, I've been waiting for Betty to have to deal with a body for a long time, and we're we're getting that. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that was my Riverdew and your Riverdew and your River Yeah, this this was some good Riverdews. This, this was a good one. In this episode. Riverdown, um, Rob. Riverdown. This this one might be very aligned mm-hmm. yeah the yep. camming that's mine as well yep that's three. i mean yeah that's a th- three that, deep oh, river, yep jackpot fucking don't 
Why? As again, as as I've said again, like, you know, teenagers have sex. That's yeah. fine. But like sexualizing Betty again in the context of like the adult and, world like, is that so scene fucked up. Had this per- the person on the other end like very very breathily being like, "Can I take my clothes off?" And it was horrific. All it was bad all around. Don't do that to a teenage girl. <laughs> Don't. She is Jesus a child. Christ. And this was written by the showrunner. Like this isn't like a writer that they shouldn't have hired who won't write more episodes. Like this was this was Sakasa. Why are you doing this? What's it's not the good. Point? It is what bad is rather than good. This? It's like I felt so good in I think episode four of season one when they were like we realize that this Grundy storyline and the way we've handled it is a mistake and we are going to absolutely throw caution to the wind in just train wrecking the plot to get rid of this plot line right now within the span of this one episode we (laughs) are going to take this thing out root and branch and just deal with whatever we have left Grundy has returned to her home planet (laughs) (laughs) yes and so that's part of why the mad world thing made me so uncomfortable right like i thought they learned their lesson like that was one point and now it's two points and it's making a line with betty and i don't like it i i don't understand what sort of possible positive arc this could end up with no i I have nothing where I, i cannot give them a you better be going somewhere with this counselor because there's nowhere that it could be going that is good. No. They would have to really shock me with their brilliance, which, let's face it, this is yeah, Riverdale. It's just, it's just terrible. It, don't do this to a kid. <sighs> it's bad. It's just, it's, fucking, it's, it's, it's in very poor taste. Yeah. And you can do better in terms of, like, drama and shock value. You can just do better, be better, don't do this. I mean, and they did at the end of the episode, yeah. right? Like oh shit there's a dead body like that was good and i'm worried and like it's exciting you don't have to do this gross and i'm so pedophile titillation thing and and, like i don't get the audience that it's for right because like i don't know that kids are going to realize how like dark we are viewing this with a lot of a whole lot of life experience that's going this is terrible yes uh, for a mm-hmm. lot of complex reasons, but I don't know that a, a younger audience is going to be doing that. So instead, they might be getting the whole like Betty is exploring this part of herself, and it is potentially dangerous stuff, which is like a different, a way different place than we are. Yes, right. Yes, and like I don't, I don't want kids to be dealing with that. No, you God, know, like, no. And and especially because I don't think they're going to do anything with it. Instead, that's just fucking dangerous yeah, no, you know that's like incredibly cheap shitty. and very harmful yeah let's move on to more pleasant yeah, territory shall weird. we with the weekly weird yep. um i have two that god i don't know how to even choose between them um one is similar to my weekly weird from last episode which is the very close to the end of the episode blatant visual reference to another show <laughs> this this time fargo season two with like the perfectly wrapped head in the box. That was that was really stupid and I don't know why they did that other than just to make the reference. Like I just don't even know. That's probably the the runner up if I forced to choose like gun to my uh severed statue head. My weekly weird for this week is the massive dump that the entire <laughs> plot of the show hangs yeah. upon. Like they literally couldn't write another way for him to get that information well you see think about this for a second this is like one possible universe in the entire multiverse where the story of riverdale made it past that man's trip to the bathroom what you don't understand and that's really goddamn he is a very strict diet that you've got to keep too it's hell on the bowels (laughs) but it pays good it's a living so like just the thinness of like the duct tape that's holding the entire yep. story together really was shown at that point and like that's my weekly weird 
is that they were like, oh, kid, I wrecked your toilet. Sorry. Also, now you're in charge of the janitor stuff. You go clean that. <laughs> Bob Tate is licking his wounds, and there's no one else in the restaurant. <sighs> so mine is the incredibly strange gangland politics that seem to revolve heavily around regional foodstuffs. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're gonna do the mafia. Let's just make oh, it a weird. Jesus food Christ! Thing. No, you're <laughs> right. You're right because Cliff Blossom was a maple <laughs> yeah. syrup man. And there's like sausages and poutine and chicken. It's like, what is going on? Like pretty soon we're gonna learn that like Colonel Sanders and Ronald McDonald are real and they're mob bosses. So that was too much for the fiction. Where I was like, wait, this mafia system. Is based on regional <laughs> foods, like regional culinary specialties. Stop! That's <laughs> so bad. They're running a food pyramid scheme. You're right. They really yeah. and like the cherry on top of that is that the worst one was named Papa Poutine. <laughs> <laughs> he was the truly dangerous one. <laughs> Why doesn't Hiram have a food stuff? Because he's destined for greatness. <laughs> he's going to rise above this humdrum mediocrity. He's the only one of all the mobsters who eats a balanced diet. And look at him. He clearly does. <sighs> it's so, so dumb. And it's amazing. And it's just this Riverdalian thing of like, well, okay, you know, Cliff did the maple syrup thing. And like, why do a weird thing once when we can just always do it yeah, forever? It was really fucking weird. It was a banana's choice. My my weekly weird was Abuelita. Um. Uh-huh. <laughs> also pretty good. Yeah. She, she existed to to speak some Spanish. And then pinched the hell out of Archie's cheeks after calling him just uh, calling him handsome. Just getting into it. And also, it. like, say, say hi to him. Make a point of saying hi to him in English. And it was just like, God, such an odd depiction of a grandmother figure. And I was just like, it was first off difficult to tell if she actually was a biological grandmother or not. Because I had assumed she was at first, but then it's like, oh, mob stuff. So she right, could right. not be, but yeah, I'm pretty sure she is. Uh, but then they, Riverdale is so aware of the fact that she's an abuela, you know, instead of just just a grandmother. Right. No, she's got to call him guapo <laughs> and pinch his cheeks. So she's got to call him guapo and pinch his cheeks. And they really fucking went for it. And they thought that was enough. And they were like, oh, yeah, she was like, oh, man, my cheek pinching hand's been on the shelf for too and long. they were so happy about how that scene went. <laughs> People were basically dancing around in the background doing celebratory clapping. <laughs> yes, it was just a whole lot. I was just like, man, we did this scene, huh? Gosh, I guess it, I, I I guess it's like a normalized thing that this scene happened. I don't know if this episode was great or <laughs> I don't horrible. know either, and I guess that's why we know it's and, a Riverdale episode. Yeah, this one is Riverdale as I fuck. frankly love these episodes where at the end of a batch of three, you get something that is this deeply confusing because it always leaves you ready to go into the next batch to be like, I don't think I'm going to come out of this with any answers. But I hope so. Oh, my God. You're right. Thank you so much for taking this weird journey with us. And remember, kids, when the opportunity presents itself, you unplug that toilet. (laughs) It can change your life. (laughs) 